Amen. So we have been in this series on the Spirit-filled life. Everybody say the Spirit-filled life. We have been working through this, and we have already dealt with uh, the presence of God, the power of God, the fruit, and tonight we will discuss the gifts. And uh, this particular series, I think, has been rather enjoyable, and I think it will help us. We are called to be a people who walk in the Spirit. And I could never overemphasize the, the necessity of us giving ourselves to the Spirit of God operating in our lives. If you have been filled with the Holy Ghost, it is the will of God that the Spirit of God would move in your life. That is God's plan for you. That is God's will for you. And so, to that end, we are discussing the Spirit-filled life. In the presence, uh, we talked about how God's Spirit uh, gives us wisdom. It, it gives us a word of direction, and, and God's Spirit speaks to us, and, and He leads and directs us by His presence. With the power, we talked about how uh, there, is, there is a supernatural power of God that can begin to operate when we allow the Spirit of the Lord to flow among us. And then with the fruit, we talked about how all of us should be allowing the fruit of the Spirit to begin to develop in our lives. If the fruit of the Spirit is not developing in you, that means the Holy Ghost has seeped out. Don't look at your neighbor and... With an accusing glance, okay? We need to allow the fruit of the Spirit to be born within us. That, mean, that means the, there will be roots that will grow deep. And as those roots take hold and they begin to get a firm grip in our lives, the fruit will begin to make itself manifested. And tonight, of course, we deal with the gifts. And so I'll read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Um, let's begin with verse number 1. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1, the Bible says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, watch that, the manifestation, the, the, um, the clear evidence of the Spirit working is given to every man to profit with all. That means everybody that is Spirit-filled, uh, the manifestation of that Spirit of God working in your life has been given to you. It's not just given to pastors. It's not just given to preachers, evangelists, uh, apostles, prophets, teachers. The Spirit of God is not just given to elders. 
who walked with God for 40, 50 years. The Spirit of God, if you have been filled with the Holy Ghost, it is for you. Somebody say amen. amen. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. And so tonight I'm going to kind of approach this. I have taught before about the gifts of the spirit. I have uh, discussed uh, them in depth and taught series on it, and I probably am going to come back and teach a series that really breaks these down not too terribly long in the future. But that said, I'm, tonight I want to cover this in one lesson, and so it would be an impossibility for me to cover all nine of those gifts of the Spirit, breaking them all down for a while. And so I'm going to deal with this as I did the fruit, and that is to make a bunch of comments before, and then at the end, real quick, I'm going to give you what the gifts are and, and, and what that means, each one of them. Is that all right? Okay. The first thing I want to deal with tonight is this. I think this is a valid question. What are the gifts of the Spirit? What are the gifts of the Spirit? What do we mean when we say the gifts of the Spirit I know you just read them here, Pastor, but, but really, what are they to us? I'll tell you tonight, the gifts of the Spirit are one of the ways that God helps His church. Nobody in this room tonight, nobody anywhere is so smart, is so gifted that they can handle the precious things of God without help, supernatural help, from the Spirit of God. There is no church that is, that is so gifted in, in the areas uh, of leadership or, or uh, uh, ministries that they may have. There's no church that is so gifted. And there are gifted churches. Uh, but none of them are so gifted that they can do the work of God most effectively without the gifts of the Spirit operating in their lives. We need the gifts of the Spirit. Matter of fact, I would tell you that if the gifts of the Spirit do not operate among the body of Christ, it is not an apostolic church. Because these gifts are the same gifts that the apostles operated in and utilized in the early church. And we are called to be a part of that church. We are simply the continuation of the early church. What they were, we are. Please, please, please... We have this tendency. All of us tend to do this. Um, I, I know I'm, and, and mom, I tell them here all the time, I'm like you, I'm nostalgic type. You and I actually had a little conversation about that the other day. And, uh, and you and I can cry at the drop of a hat. Sean's worse than me. It, It's always fun being the guy with the microphone. I'm just going to tell you that. Um, but, but we're nostalgic types. And, and so it's, it's easy even for me at, at 
35. It's easy for me to look backward and think about things and say, oh, there were so many wonderful things. It's not like it used to be. Anybody here ever do that besides me? Okay. Now, there's some things I'm really glad it's not like it used to be. Really glad. And then there's some things I miss. And, and uh, you, look at the, you look at the way our world is moving today. And there's a lot of things of yesteryear that I really miss. There's a lot of things that, I, that people are very open about today I wish they wouldn't be so open about. And there's a lot of things that we used to open up our mouths about that we get quiet about today, and I wish we'd open up our mouths. But let me tell you one thing about this church. The church of God is still moving forward, and we should never, we should never be tempted to look back and say, well, we're not, the church isn't as spiritual as it used to be. It's not as anointed as it used to be. That's not true. Don't romanticize the past to where you neglect the power of God in the present. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you, hear me. It, it, the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. It grieves God when we act like God had more power and effect yesterday than he does today. Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Does he still heal? Yeah. I mean, and I don't want to get into to some of the stuff I'm talking about in a minute, but, but he's the same God. And so the same God from then is still working today. And sometimes we'll, we just remember things a little bit differently. I got a friend. Um, if, when it comes to my kids, if my kids do something neat or, or wonderful, or I just think it's wonderful. You, cannot, you can think it's ordinary and mundane, but, but my kids, everything they do is wonderful. You know? And so I'll, I like to put it on Facebook because I, wanna, I like to... I want you all to see it, and y'all think, okay, here you go. But I'm like, it's the greatest thing ever happened, you know. And uh, and, and a friend of mine, he's a pastor, and he's a little older, and he posted a picture uh, just this afternoon. I, I saw it, and he said uh, it was him with his boys. They were very little, and he's holding them. He said, if I had it to do all over again, I'd try to do a better job. And he said, I'd try to enjoy it even more. And um, I don't want to get later on in my life, and I took those words to heart. I don't want to get later on in my life and, and say, and, and I'm sure I will, because we're all going to wish we'd enjoyed it more. And because he's been a great dad. So I don't, I, but I don't want to get farther down and say, you know what, I wish I'd have spent more time with my kids. And I wish I'd have invested more in the things they enjoyed. Asher loves, he loves getting on that horse and going riding. You know what we're going to do? We're going to get on that horse and go riding. I, we, we connect and we bond through that. And I don't want to miss those days. He, one of these days he may decide he's tired of that. And he wants to get a, in a car and go riding. And <laughs> Lord help us. He may decide he wants to get on a motorcycle. I, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> got, a, got a nini rebuking it too. So we're going to do those things together. I, at, I don't want to look back and say, and here, here's the flip side of that. I, I want to continue with that kind of connection with them on through life so I don't look back and say, boy, I, I enjoyed my kids so much more when they were younger. 
and, for, and miss the magic of the moment then. And I'm saying all that to say, please don't, don't look back to the point when things were new to you and think it was so much better then because it was more new to you than it is now. God is the same. And God continues to be as powerful, as relevant, and his anointing is as strong today as it was on the day that the Apostle Peter stood up and preached that message on the day of Pentecost. Matter of fact, what we felt, and did we not have a powerful move of God here Sunday? What we felt here Sunday is the same kind of presence of God they felt back then. They didn't feel it in any greater measure than we feel it now. Hello? It's the same Spirit of God. And so God gives us these things because He wants His church to continue in that power and we should have what they had. And so if we are a church, if we are an apostolic church, which, and we are the church, we will have these gifts of the Spirit operating in our midst. So God has given them to us. Why, what are they? What are they for? They are for our help. God wants us to be helped. Everybody say amen. 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 Uh, the second question that I want to answer tonight is this. Who can be used in the gifts of the Spirit? It's a very simple answer. Those that have been filled with the Spirit of God can be used in the gifts of the Spirit. There's, there's, there is a, a positive and there is a negative to that, okay? I want to deal with both of them. The positive is this. There's no qualification. You don't have to have, it, you do not have to have lived for God for six months or six years or six weeks or six days for the gifts of the Spirit to operate in you. God wants everybody to be used in them. You don't have to have had a, the, the Holy Ghost for a certain amount of time for the gifts to operate in you. I've heard many people who receive the Holy Ghost in a service and, and that evening, the Lord speak to them very clearly, use a gift of the Spirit in their life to speak something to them, blew their mind. They didn't know what it was. They just, they just knew things had changed in their life, and now all of a sudden God was dealing with them in a way he never had before. That, that's the great thing about it. But here's the, here's the negative to that. It also doesn't necessarily indicate great, spiritual, great uh, maturity on the part of somebody. And there, there can be people using the gifts of the Spirit who I wouldn't want to hand my checkbook to. Is this too plain? There can be people using the gifts of the Spirit that, that there's, there's certain things I wouldn't want to entrust them with. And so we've got to be careful. That's why the Bible says, Know them who labor among you. So do we, do we discount the gift? No, don't discount the gift. Weigh it. See if it lines up with the Word of God, and I'm going to teach you how to do that tonight. See if it lines up with the Word of God, and if it does, receive it. If it doesn't, don't receive it. Matter of fact, let me just deal with this right now. If any, Because as you teach on gifts of the Spirit, and they are promoted, and they need to be promoted in this church, okay? When, when I get up here and promote them and say we need to have them, and I'm encouraging the use of them, Two things are going to happen. One, it's going to, they will be used more often. And two, there will, be, there will probably be somebody who misuses them. But we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so you've got to learn how to judge something in your spirit. And 
I've had some things that have been shared with me where somebody said, I feel like the Lord has a word for you and them share a word with me. And, and I've walked and I've said, I receive that. And that's typically the thing I do. If somebody shares a word with me, that's, that's how I respond to it. If I believe it's from God, I receive that. Um, if I'm not sure, but it's a positive word, I'll receive it. <laughs> now, if they just completely missed it, or they're trying to prophesy doom and gloom over me, I just say, oh, I, I appreciate you sh sharing that with me. <laughs> and I walk away and I say, God, I don't receive that. <laughs> so if I ever, you ever share something with me and I look at you real strange and say, and say, all right, appreciate that. And walk away and I'm, and I'm like this. You just know I'm saying, Lord, I don't receive it. <laughs> so you, we've got to learn how to do that. And uh, that's going to happen. There, there will be people miss it. This is one pastor that's not going to get mad at you because you tried to step out in faith and let the Lord use you. And if you accidentally miss it, now we don't need anybody getting ridiculous in here, but you accidentally miss something, I feel like maybe the Lord's given me a word for you. I want to share that with you. Uh, you all, give yourself a disclaimer. I feel like the Lord's given me a word that I want to share with you. If this doesn't ring true with your with you, that's okay. You're not going to offend me, but I felt like I needed to share it, and and then that way you don't have to feel horrible, and they don't have to feel horrible if you got it horribly wrong, and 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 that stuff can happen. I don't want you to be afraid to operate to step out by faith. I'm I'm saying all this because I'm trying to give you, I'm trying to give you permission to to test the waters of being of being used in the gifts of the Spirit. It's the will of God. And so many times they're on us, but we're scared of them because it requires great faith to, to step out and be used in the gifts of the Spirit. Doesn't it? It, it requires great faith. It puts, it puts you at risk. And so anybody can be used in them. Um, but at the same time, we need to know them that labor among us. And we need to understand that just because somebody was used in a gift of the Spirit does not indicate that they're the greatest saint of God that ever was. They're just as fallible as they ever were. It's a moment in time in which God operates through them. And so some people have messed up because there were people who were gifted. And when the Holy Ghost was flowing, they were very... How many of you have known somebody who received the Holy Ghost just very easily? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, they just came to the altar the first time and threw their hands up in the air and boom, they're talking in tongues. And how many of you ever known somebody that it took, it took years to receive the Holy Ghost? Okay. I'm going to ask you a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer this. Just think on it. Was God... Was God wanting to fill this one and not wanting to fill that one? Absolutely not. The Lord wanted to fill both of them. Some people are just uh, able to yield more easily than others. Some people, uh, just it's easy for them to, to open up their spirit. And some people are more closed off and, and they have to work at that. I remember when, when God filled me with the Holy Ghost... I had, been, I had been seeking the Holy Ghost for a while. I wanted the Holy Ghost. But I was just so timid and intimidated to open up. And when I finally did, the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost. 
And uh, over time, I got more. Mom was talking to me about this the other night. Uh, she remembers a camp whenever. Uh, my mom's always been demonstrative. She's a demonstrative worshiper and stuff. And, and so uh, she said, I remember camp when you finally kind of broke through and, and became, she said, I grabbed your hand and said, come on, we're going to go praise the Lord. We're at camp meeting. And, and next thing I know, she told me, she said, jump. Mom said, jump. I jumped. And so keep jumping. And I kept jumping until what began in the flesh got into the spirit. And she said, from that day on, you were, you were, you flowed in that. I, I got drunk in the Holy Ghost after that. I, I, it's nothing for me now to worship God and, 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 to, and to, to flow in the spirit. That, that doesn't intimidate me anymore. But I've gotten good at yielding. Okay? So there are some people who are very good at yielding to the Spirit of God. And the, and the gifts may just fl flow through them when they get in a service like we had Sunday. The gifts just begin to operate in them. They're yielding. They're open to it. They're yielding to it. God just has renewed them. They're, they're, they're in a, a place, in a state of mind in which to do that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that because somebody else doesn't flow in it as easily that they're not as spiritual or... We've got to learn these things and understand them. I'm saying that to say we don't follow people just because they're used in the gifts. And some there have been churches that have been wrecked because there'd be somebody come in. Are we okay tonight? There'd be somebody come in and start prophesying to everybody and and they and everybody think, oh, they're super spiritual. They're really connected. To, they're really in tune with the Holy Ghost. And then disregard the pastor and follow this one off like the Pied Piper into some into some silliness and the end of it be the way of death and so we don't follow things just just because we, we weigh everything by the word of god and so I, i'm trying to give you parameters and and understand on uh, understand some things about uh the boundaries of all of this anybody can be used but we don't but just because they are doesn't mean we put all our eggs in their basket you with me third question that I want to answer tonight. Why have we been given the gifts of the Spirit? Why has God given to us the gifts of the Spirit? Well, you'll find it in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. We'll begin with verse number 1 and go through 4. The Bible says, follow after, and I'm going to replace the word charity for love. Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts but rather that ye may prophesy. Paul said the greatest spiritual gift is the gift of prophecy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification. And when he says that, he's really, I said something a minute ago that was wrong. I'm going to go back and correct myself. I think what I said just a minute ago was, uh, go back to verse 1. I want to correct my, y'all got an honest pastor here tonight, don't you? Desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. And I said that prophecy was the greatest of the spiritual gifts. When he says prophesy there, that's not in the same context that he, the, of the nine spiritual gifts uh, where, where we get a word of prophecy and that sort of thing. This means preaching, okay? Okay, this means preaching. So he's saying desire spiritual gifts, but before you have spiritual gifts, you really need preaching. Okay? That's what he's saying here. Back to verse 3. But he that 
prophesieth. He that is preaching speaketh unto edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. But he that prophesieth, he that's preaching, edifieth the church. Okay, the question was, why have we been given the gifts of the Spirit? The answer was in verse number 3. And that is, he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. When we preach, those are the three things that we are hoping to happen. When you study all of this, verse, uh, chapters number 12 through 14, and you begin to study this, you're going to find that those three things are the three reasons, not just for preaching, but they're also the same reasons that God gave us the gifts of the Spirit. They are to edify us, they are to exhort us, and they are to comfort us. Okay? This is why we've been given the gifts of the Spirit. First, for edification. Verse number 12 of chapter 14 says this, Even so ye, forasmuch as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. If you're going to be hungry for spiritual gifts, if you want the gifts of the Spirit to operate in you, you need to let it be that your motivating factor for the gifts to operate through you is so that your church will be edified and built up in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is the reason, the first reason we need the gifts of the Spirit. We need them because they will edify us. They will build us up. They will cause us to be more established. They will cause us to, to have a more sure foundation and, and be strengthened in our foundation. That the walls that we're building in our lives will not fall. Uh, we need gifts of the Spirit because they edify us. And that should be the first thing that we seek when we are hungry for them to operate in our lives. That we can be somebody through which God would edify His church. I want to be that individual. Anybody else feel that way? Amen. The second reason is for comfort. We need uh, 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 for exhortation. Uh, we need them for exhortation. That simply means um, that the gifts of the Spirit are used to plead with us. God uses the gifts of the Spirit to, to uh, try to grab hold of us and push us in a certain direction. Have you ever been in a church service and the gifts of the Spirit operated? Maybe it was a word of, of prophecy or maybe a, a wisdom or knowledge or maybe it was message in tongues and interpretation in tongues. And the Lord was speaking in a way in which he was trying to appeal. That's a good word. He was trying to appeal to his people to, to go in a certain direction. I thank God for every time the gifts of the Spirit have tried to pull me in a certain direction. And God has appealed to me and said, you're not careful. You're going to want to try to go this way, but I'm asking you to go this way instead. And we begin to feel that operate and, 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 and we begin to feel that tugging of the Holy Ghost. Uh, it is uh, uh, exhortation that is, that is pushing us in a certain direction. The third reason is for comfort. The Lord uses the gifts of the Spirit to comfort His people. Hallelujah. He uses the gift of the Spirit to comfort us, to remind us that He's with us, to, to remind us that, that uh, He knows exactly where we are. 
I had somebody uh, give me a, a word of knowledge one time. And uh, I'll talk about what a word of knowledge is in a little bit. But he gave me that word of knowledge. Let me tell you, that word of knowledge did not change the situation one bit. Because it doesn't. A word of knowledge does not change the situation. I'll just tell you what it is, okay? A word of knowledge is, is when the Lord allows you to know something. Isn't that, isn't that profound? It's when God makes you to know something. And so this individual, the Lord made him to know something. And he spoke it to me and said, and said the Lord's allowed me to know this about your situation. And you know what? It was right on. And he, and he shared it with me. It didn't change the situation. It did, but you know what it did? It comforted me. You know why it comforted me? Because it reminded me, the first point I preached Sunday, it reminded me that God knew exactly where I was. And because, and when he shared that with me, that's the only reason the Lord gave him that, is just it, go share it with him, because he's going to know that I'm with him, I know right where he's at, and, and it's okay. When I Just me knowing that God said he knew, I whew, all right. Thank you, Lord. I'll tell you when it was is when we were coming to start this church. I needed that word. It gave me peace. And so it comforts. Everybody say amen. amen. And then I want to uh, put something else here that you see in 1 Corinthians 12 and 25. If you look at 1 Corinthians 12, 25, the scripture says, and this is Paul talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And, he, and this is when he delves into his uh, dissertation when he begins to talk about we're all members of one body. And there's an ear and there's an eye. And the ear can't say to the eye, I have no need of you, and, and vice versa. And he says in verse, after going through all of that, and that is in the context of the gifts of the Spirit and why God's given them to his church, okay? So he gets down to verse 25 and says this, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. I am telling you tonight that God has given us the gifts of the Spirit not just for uh, edification, exhortation, and comfort, but He's also given to them to us so that they would promote unity among the people of God. He doesn't want there to be any schism in the body, but that we would all care one for another. And Paul is saying that when we allow the gifts of the Spirit to operate in us, we begin to be those members that care one for another. Just like that brother who gave me that word, that he was caring for me. It was one member of the body caring for another member of the body, unifying us, letting me know that we were in this together. And, and this is a key component of why God allows the gifts of the Spirit to operate in his church. Are you all all right? All right. Um, I, I, I want to, before I get into those nine gifts, where am I at on time? I've got 15 minutes. Y'all going to, can you stay with me 15 minutes? All right. Um, Paul said in verse 27, ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Then he says this, God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, 
Then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? He is basically saying not everybody operates in the same gift. But he says in verse 31, But covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet I show unto you a more excellent way. I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. What are the best gifts? The best gifts is the ones that God wants you to operate in. That is the best gift. Because it is the gift that you, only you, uh, in that moment, is most, can be most effective in. And God uses you in that particular gift. So there are some gifts you may never be used in. But there's some you may be used in frequently. That's okay. That's okay. I think we should pray, God, let them all operate in me. Um, and, and if there's some, Lord, that, that will happen more often, that's fine. If there's some that they never operate in me, I'm okay with that too. But I'm asking you, God, that I'm open for you to operate through me in any of those ways. And I, and I said this Sunday when I was talking about this Bible study tonight, I want to say it again. As I was studying the other day and really just uh, kind of dwelling and marinating on this particular subject, the Lord impressed me and, and just kind of nudged me in my spirit to tell me I, every gift of the Spirit that is listed in 1 Corinthians 12, all nine of them, have been in operation in this church in the last several weeks. Every one of them. Now, we don't stop and when it happens and say, time out. This just happened. You know, everybody always knows when there's message in tongues and interpretation of tongues. That's obvious. But not everybody always realizes when there's a word of prophecy or a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. And some of them aren't public. Some of them don't happen over the pulpit. Some of them happen between person to person. But I happen to know that all nine of those gifts have operated in the body of this church over the last several weeks. We're an apostolic church. We're an apostolic church. Um, covet earnestly the best gifts. Let it be that, that you will allow them to flow through you. Ask God to help you. Lord, help me yield to your spirit flowing through me. Help me yield. I used to pray something when I first got started preaching. I was uh, 19 years old when I started preaching. And um, I got up and uh, preached my first message in Garden. I preached, which cross will you carry? And those people said, we're carrying the cross of having to listen to you preach. That's what we're carrying. <laughs> no, they didn't say that. <laughs> They might have thought it, but they were kind enough not to say it. I preached that message, and, and then um, I, my father-in-law at some point asked me to come preach for him. I, I wasn't, he wasn't my father-in-law yet, and I went the first time, and they shouted the service down. I went the second time, and yay, verily, they shouted the service down again. I went the third time. And I said, if they start shouting this time, I don't care. I'm going to get up and preach anyway. <laughs> I finally got to preach that third time. But I remember when I started preaching, I prayed this prayer. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm very young, 19 years old. I'm standing in front of people who are 
much older than me. Many people who have who have been in this a lot longer than I have. And God, it's a little bit nerve wracking to preach to people and feel like they're critiquing everything you say. Y'all need to y'all need to stop and thank every one of our ministers and teachers in this church every once in a while and thank them for what they do. Because it's not always easy. And uh, so I said, Lord, I need you to help me. I'm asking you for two things, God. I'm asking that when I get behind the pulpit that I would preach with confidence. And I'm asking, Lord, that when I get behind the pulpit that I would preach with an apostolic authority. And that people, when I go to preach, they may see me as young, but they wouldn't feel like my words were from somebody inexperienced. That there would be a, a, something transmitted in the Holy Ghost that they would feel like uh, there was an authority in what I said. And you know what happened? God honored that request. And from that day on, I was never scared to get in the pulpit again uh, and feel inferior. Paul told Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. I, I, I took that verse to heart. And so not, not in a way of I'm a young man, but they can listen to what I in a way that, Lord, I want to be helpful to the body. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you, if you will ask God, Lord, I want to be used in your gifts. Lord, help me to help me to operate in them with confidence. God, I'm asking you, help me, Lord, to be tender in my spirit so that I can more easily yield to you when you begin to flow in me. If we will pray those prayers, God will answer those prayers. You know how I know that? Because God wants the gifts of the Spirit to operate in us. Not one, two, three, or four of us. God wants the gifts of the Spirit to operate in all of us. It is for His church. It is for His church. And so we pray, Lord, allow these things to flow through me. Allow these things, God, to flow through me. Uh, I wanted to deal with one thing before I give you the definitions for these. When I was studying today, I, I just was drawn to the portion of Scripture where uh, the Lord uh, spoke to Paul. He said, um, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, we read this verse a while ago, it's 14.4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, and I want to read this, and I want you to pay attention to this. I'm going to deal with something that we get accused of sometimes as Pentecostals, and I want to help you answer this. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. Verse 7. And even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they, take, they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? If all you do is just grab a trumpet, jo Joseph, and just blow through that trumpet, what good is that doing if you don't use those levers, valves, thank you, <laughs> to, to give, to, to, to make those, make it have a certain sound so people know what you're playing verse 8 for if the trumpet give an uncertain sound who shall prepare himself to the battle 
So likewise, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak in the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, none of them is without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh the barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a, bar- a barbarian unto me. Okay? And then, even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel of the edifying of the church. So Paul said all that, and then he said, but I still want you to seek uh, and be zealous for spiritual gifts. So what's he dealing with there? There's two things here. Paul is trying to deal with them and, show, and, and, and teach them the balance of word and spirit. He's trying to teach them the balance of word and spirit. He said, if all I do is get up in front of you and start speaking in tongues, I've not done anything for you. I edified myself, but I didn't edify you. Because when all you do is speak in tongues, and this is okay to do, but when you speak in tongues, the only person you edify is yourself. When I preach, I edify the whole congregation. Okay? So Paul said, I'm not doing us any good if all I do is get up and speak in tongues. I'm like a barbarian unto you. You don't understand what I'm saying. And, and it's like words in the air. Now, he didn't say, don't speak in tongues. He's saying, let's get the balance of this in church. And he, and he didn't say, don't allow gifts of the Spirit. Okay? He's not, he's not saying any of that. He's saying, you can have the operation of the Spirit take place. You can have uh, words of prophecy and knowledge and wisdom, and you can have tongues, interpretation of tongues, but you've got to make sure you allow them to ha- happen in the, proper, uh, in the proper way, in the proper context. That's one of the reasons God gave us pastors. Because as pastor, I help administrate the gifts in this church. And so I may do it different than my dad does it. It's okay. The Bible said there's differences of administrations. So my dad may administrate it different than I do. That's okay. But I'm pastor in this church. And I'm going to administrate the gifts. I want the gifts to operate. But I don't want the gifts to get out of hand to the point where you all start turning to each other and, 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 and allowing gifts to operate. And I can't get up and preach and help the whole body. So if one per let me, let me tell you something right here. I, I've seen it be where the Holy Ghost was moving so strong that somebody would start speaking in tongues. And they're speaking in tongues very loudly to the point it distracts the rest of the church. I'm going to tell you, they're edifying themselves, but they're not helping the body. So if you ever get the feeling the Holy Ghost moving on you and you just got to speak in tongues and you just can't keep yourself from speaking in tongues loudly and I'm trying to preach or lead the service and move on, it'd be real good if you'd excuse yourself and go speak in tongues out there. Why? Because it allows the service to progress and the body to be edified. And that's the whole point, is edification of the body. Are y'all okay? I don't want to mess with you. I'm not trying to, 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 hurt, to, 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 to hurt past paradigms. But I'm, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And, and so Paul is very clear. He said, I'd rather speak five words with understanding than get up in front of you and talk in tongues for an hour. It does you no good. It does you no good. Are we, am I in the Bible? Thank you. I know I am. I just need you to know I am. What are those nine gifts? Okay, the, Paul gave them to us. I'm going to go through the order he gave them. The word of wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. So word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is when the, God supernaturally uh, allows you to know something. He speaks something into your spirit, which tells you if you will do this, God will do that. 
It's a word of wisdom. It unlocks the door to the supernatural. A word of wisdom unlocks the door to the supernatural. Let me give you an Old Testament example. Go dip seven times in the Jordan River. That's a magic river. No, it's not. It's, it's just a river. It's a muddy river. It's dirty. There's nothing, there's nothing about it that's magical. But the Lord spoke to the prophet, and the prophet told the man, go dip seven times. If he dips six times, nothing's going to happen. But when he dipped seven times, he came up cleansed. It was a word of wisdom. By obeying the word, you unlock the door to the supernatural. And so we'll have times when God will give us a word of wisdom. I'm going to tell you what, that's what Courtney shared with this church a few weeks ago. When she said, the Lord showed me a jar with pebbles in it. And the Lord said each pebble represented a, a focused prayer for this church. And the building, and God said, when you fill the jar up, I'll take care of the building. It's a word of wisdom. I just want y'all to know. I haven't told her that. I don't know if she realizes that or not. She just shared what she felt in her heart. Sometimes we, we, we operate in these things, we don't know what we're doing. It was a word of wisdom. And if we will pray the prayers and put the pebbles in the jar, God will take care of the building. It's a word of wisdom. Okay. Second, word of knowledge. What is a word of knowledge? I told you a while ago. It's simply knowing something. When God reveals circumstances to you. When God reveals circumstances to you. That man told me, he said, uh, he said, you've... You're going to, to, you've already made the decision to follow the will of God and go do this thing. And, and I mean, it was, it was powerful. Word of knowledge. Uh, I heard Brother Doug Kleindent say one time he was, he was uh, teaching a Bible study. He said, I could tell the, the husband was real receptive, but the wife was, was putting up a wall. And he said, uh, while we, I was teaching that Bible study, he said, the Lord spoke to me. And, said, and, and this is, he, he looked at her, he said, he said, you, in your past, your brother, you have a brother, don't you? And she said, yes. He said, and he disappointed your parents greatly. She said, yes. Started crying. And he told her, he said, and you promised yourself that you would never do anything that would hurt your parents. And she's bawling now. And he told her, he said, and you're afraid that if you convert to this and you begin to follow this, that you're going to hurt your parents because it's not of your tradition. And she broke down. It was a word of knowledge. God open, and God used that to, to open her heart up to become more receptive to the word. Amen? It's a word of knowledge. God reveals to you circumstances. You don't always have to tell the people you've just ex encountered a word of knowledge. Sometimes it's for you to know so you'll know how to pray for them. I'm, and that, as a pastor, that's happened many times to me. And I had a man a while back. Uh, said, I've been dealing with something. And I told him, I said, I know what you don't even have to tell me. I know what it is. And here it is. The Lord had revealed to me what it was. I didn't go to him when the Lord revealed it to me and said, here it is. And the only reason I shared it with him then was so he would know God had been speaking. It was a word of knowledge. It allowed, I had been praying for him in that thing. That's, that's why God gave it to me. Third is faith. Everybody has the measure of faith. But God wants people to operate in the gift of the Spirit where there is faith. Which is when we, uh, when, when we have a level of faith that is, that, is, uh, that is greatly increased. 
And we can believe God for things that the average saint may not believe God for. We need people in this church who have so much faith that it doesn't matter what doctor's report comes. It doesn't matter who says they believe it can happen or it can't. It doesn't matter how many people were prayed for that weren't healed or whatever. They've got faith that God can do it anyway. We need people in this church just like that. That there is nothing that, that can dissuade them from believing that God can. And there is a gift of faith where it begins to operate. We could be in a service like tonight. And all of a sudden the gift of faith come on you. And you just begin to believe God for that specific thing. It's a gift of faith. that comes. It's a moment in time that it comes upon you. Gifts of healing. This is when God wants to uh, bring physical healing in people's bodies. And it may not be instantaneous, but it is healing. And, it, and it, it starts gradual, and it continues to go. It starts gradual, and it continues to go. We've all seen that. I'm going to tell you right now, not just because the doctor gave people medicine and they, got, they were healed over a period of time, doesn't always mean it was the medicine. Sometimes we think the only time God did it is if it was instantaneous. Am I? We're doing real good right now. You need to remember that there are gifts of healing in which God does things slowly. Brother Randall, I believe God healed you. It wasn't overnight, but I believe healing came into your body. I believe there are other people in this room that are undergoing the process of healing even now. And when those gifts of healing begin to operate and you feel that come upon you and you feel to pray for somebody for their healing, go pray for them. You believe God for your healing, claim it in Jesus' name. Gift of the Spirit trying to operate. Uh, working of miracles, that is instantaneous. That's when God does it in a moment of time. And uh, we've been seeing miracles happen around here. And I thank God for that. Um, a, a working of miracles needs to happen among the people of God. And sometimes it, it, it's a little bit scary. I'll be the first to tell you, I've never been that preacher to go grab somebody out of a wheelchair. Don't throw stones at me because none of y'all ain't been grabbing them out of there either. I've, been, I was always, I've always been a little nervous to do that. Uh, but I've been around some people who did. And you know what? God worked a miracle. If God speaks to me to do it, I'm going to do it. That's what happened when Peter and John were walking to the temple. Peter didn't grab everybody by the hand who begged. The Bible records one. He didn't grab everybody up and say, uh, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And, but he did it to that guy. You know why? The Holy Ghost prompted him. It was the gift of the working of miracles taking place in that moment. Sixth is prophecy. This is foretelling. This is foretelling. And when it's different from prophesying in the other context Paul was talking about. There's different words there. Um, we use them, the same word to describe it all, but it's different. Uh, it, this is a, a foretelling of what is to come in the future. And so that happens. That's pretty self-explanatory. And we've been, that, that's happened in this church recently. Discerning of spirits. That is when you begin to, to, you can tell how somebody is responding to something, uh, receiving something or not receiving it. Uh, what, what spirit is overriding them in that moment, bitterness or jealousy. Sometimes God will reveal that to you. Why does he reveal that to you? So you can call them out on it? No. Uh, so you can pray for them. 
so you can pray for them. There's people who've been ate up with things in their past, and maybe God wants you to discern their spirit so you know how to pray with them. Then there's some other things uh, that, that uh, maybe, maybe they, they have a spirit of division on them, and they're trying to divide people, and, and they're trying to bring hurt to the body of Christ or whatever it may be. God allows you to discern that. I've had some of that happen, and, uh, and you have too. And you need to follow that when the Holy Ghost begins to lead you in that. You need to follow it. Uh, a lot of times when somebody is not doing good spiritually in this church, God lets me discern their spirit. I, I just begin to feel the thing that's plaguing them, it, it, the, the spiritual attack that they're dealing with. It's a discernment that, that helps me. And, and I, I know how to talk to them a little more effectively. And so uh, it's not just me. God wants to use you in that. Somebody shout amen. And then message in tongues and interpretation of tongues. Uh, that is the most probably obvious gift of the Spirit because it's very easy to know exactly when it has happened. That happens in this church. I thank God for it. We need it, and uh, we need to be open to it. You need to receive it. Somebody said, well, the message was long and the interpretation was short. Well, we didn't give a translation. It was an interpretation. Okay, I could, my mom speaks Spanish, and uh, my, my my mom could say, uh, I, I could tell my mom say, I want you to tell all these Spanish people, tell them I'm so glad to be here tonight. I uh, my wife and I and my kids we've come a long way, and from Jonesboro, and we are just so glad to be here. We're believing God's going to do great things, and wonderful things are going to happen, and there's going to be miracles and signs and wonders take place in this revival. God bless you. We're so glad to be here. And she could tell him, uh, ba 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 Jonesboro, ba 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 ba, uh, and Gloria Dios. <laughs> and and I'm thinking now, I, what I said was a lot longer. She gave the gist of it, and the Lord may speak a message in tongues, and the interpretation may be shorter. It may be longer. It's it's going through flesh, and we allow that to happen. Don't try to question all that stuff. Don't try to, to analyze all that stuff. Receive it. We're an apostolic church. We believe in that. Somebody say amen. And, uh, and here's another thing. Um, if, if you begin to feel uh, tongues come upon you and you're trying to decide, is this for me or is this for the body? Is this to edify me or is this something? Is this, is this uh, tongues in the sense of personal edification or is this tongues in the sense of god wants to edify the whole body then uh i would i tell you what i feel like you ought to do in that situation hold off until you feel like you just can't hold off and if it comes to an appropriate place in the service and you can't hold off and it's in a everybody hear that appropriate place in the service can i say it again an appropriate place in the service interrupting me while i'm preaching is not an appropriate place in the service I don't believe God interrupts his word to give his word. I believe God will give a word to confirm his word. And so we, I believe in confirmation or it could happen before. Uh, that's how I administrate the gifts. Okay, Another pastor can do it different and I'm not going to be critical of him. That's his business. I'm this pastor of this church. Okay, And so wait for the appropriate time in the service. Give that message in tongues. And uh, and if it's uh, first thing you need to do is pray that you'll interpret it. 
The Bible said, let he that speak in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. First thing you need to do is pray that you'll interpret it. And if not then, start praying somebody else does. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we have that operate in this church. I want it to operate in this church. I want all of this too. I want prophecy. I want, I want uh, words of wisdom and knowledge and discerning of spirits. We need all of that to be the apostolic church that God wants us to be. Amen. So I hope that helps you a little bit tonight. Uh, that's a lot of material to cover, and there's some other stuff I didn't cover, and you're welcome. <laughs> okay? But uh, at some point later, we'll come back and discuss this all uh, more fully, and I hope I didn't create more questions for you than I gave answers. But I'm telling you tonight, this, we will have the gifts of the Spirit in this church. We will have the gifts of the Spirit operate because it's the will of God that they operate. And without them, we cannot be the apostolic church that God wants us to be. If there's anybody in this room tonight that is hungry to be apostolic, and you are hungry for gifts of the Spirit to operate through you, I wonder if we could stand together tonight, lift our hands toward heaven, and just pray, Lord, tonight we're just a group of people that say we covet earnestly the best gifts. Lord, tonight we're just telling you we desire... In our hearts, we desire, God, to be one body, many members, in which your spirit flows through. And we bring edification and exhortation and comfort and unity as we allow your spirit to flow through us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, I'm praying that people that up to this point, have not been used in the gifts. Lord, as they are filled with your Spirit, and as they are hungry and, and seeking to be used of you, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would impress upon them when that gift has come, and they would yield themselves to it. I pray for a greater openness in us, Lord, to be used than we have ever had before. I pray, God, for people that have never opened themselves up to that, to be used in the gifts of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight? Hallelujah. Let's do it with a shout. We bless you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I glorify and magnify. I am so glad. To be part of a church in which we know our God is alive and well. Because His Spirit operates in our midst. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus.